Before we start this episode, a quick advisory. Today's episode does cover sexual assault and child abuse. If you don't want to listen, we do understand, and we will catch you next week on the next episode. The horror began in June 1984. Los Angeles was under siege. Death waited in the dark at the hands of a man they called the Night Stalker. After a port- I'm Kendall. And I'm Bree. And this is When the Light Goes Out. I bumped into the fucking mic. This is going to be really weird. Uh, We are doing a compiled um, recording tonight. And this is long for us. We love you. So this is all for you guys. Happy freaking New Year. Happy freaking New Year. I know. I'm so sorry about that. We're making it up for you. We're making it up. Midnight. (laughs) It is. Yeah, we're tired. But we are fighting through this, and today is this very special day, because not only is it Friday the 13th, ah! not only is it part two of the Night Soccer, aka Richard Ramirez, but today, Bree is telling the story. Ah, She's wrapping it two. up for us, part two. All right, so take it away, Bree. It's story time. All right. Okay. So, to set the scene, we are at the home of two sisters in their 80s in the hills in Monrovia, California. Mabel Bell, age 30, sorry, 83, not 33. Very good. Mabel Bell, age 83, was in a vulnerable state of sleeping when a malignant figure walks up to her bedpost. The figure starts to then tape her legs and hands with electrical tape to the four bed post frames in the spread eagle position, um, sexually assaults her, and then begins to brutally batter her in the head with a hammer he had found lying around in the house. He then leaves the room and walks down the narrow hallway to her sister Florence Lang's bedroom. Nearby, he finds a heavy instrument and begins to beat her with no hesitation. Um, fortunately, Florence had still been bringing, breathing, though, and clinging to her life when police and ambulance arrived from a 911 call that a worried neighbor had made. Oh, well, my God. <laughs> it's just, like, two, like, innocent old ladies just living together. They're sisters. That's so cute, too, and, like, pure. Wow. And someone just comes in and does that shit. It's also, like, pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah, it is very, um, pretty heavy, yeah. Um, so another crazy thing is that police found banana peels, Mountain Dew cans, and other half-eaten food laying around the living room and kitchen. Um, it turns out that both Florence and Mabel both did not eat any of that Mm -hmm. and did not leave it around the house. Um, so basically that means that Richard broke in, beat those poor women senselessly, um, killing the one. And then decided to ravage through their food yeah, to eat. And just stay in their house. And just stay there food. and just get some food. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Whoa, yeah. So, that's not... I'm sorry to laugh, guys. Sister. That's not... I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's, it's really uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. That's, 
Heavy. That's um really sinister to stay in the house. To stay in the house that, after yeah. the people you just beaten are living and, and clinging to death. Yeah, yeah. Like clinging to life, yeah. Clinging to life, thank you. I'm sorry. Oof. What had also been found were two pentagrams that Richard left behind that were drawn with red lipstick on Mabel's leg and on the wall. Um so now Richard is just getting very cocky. He's yeah. just leaving things he's just behind. going for it yeah he's also like changing his not that he really had an mo but i feel like he's he's adding to, to more... it he's getting really yeah he's getting yeah. really like oh they don't know what you don't know it's me yeah, like, like he's getting I more cocky for sure yeah definitely richard knows that the police are struggling so now he's leaving behind um a signature symbol to yeah. i guess kind of what like feed them on yeah feed them on yeah. I, I think he's kind of like make poking Trying to make at it, it that trademark yeah like poking fun at it thing. yeah Ugh. charles manson and the manson cult they often did something very similar where they would leave behind a symbol or a message that often mm-hmm. said helter skelter yeah um, well, so we'll have maybe, to we'll have to cover them yeah. sometime. That'll be really crazy. So maybe he found inspiration. I think he did. It seems like he like did a lot seems of like, like he found a lot of inspiration. Yeah, this fucker did a lot of fucking Clearly. research. Jesus. Ironically, Inspector Frank Salerno recalls this familiar pentagram from an old case, and so he goes and he finds this case file, and he realizes that months prior in the L.A. area. There was a driver that was pulled over for a traffic violation, leaving the area where officers had just received a call about a young girl that had been sexually assaulted, or sorry, sexually harassed by a tall, skinny Hispanic man with long, curly black hair and a terrifying grin. That sounds uh, familiar. Sounds familiar to me. Um, When the officer (sighs) had pulled this guy over, the man had no identification, and so he pulls him out of the car, checks him, and says, stay here, I'll be right back. Rookie move. Rookie move. You have to be a new guy. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) The cop goes to grab a citation slip, and the minute the officer looks the other way, the man flees, leaving a pentagram on the dirty windshield of the vehicle. How cocky, man. He really oh. like took that time to make the pentagram before he flew before, before he, fled. he fled. He was that confident. Yeah, he really said like, uh-uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. And then I'm gonna leave. What's chilling to me too is that like we're just now hearing about these pentagrams in this case, but like that happened before like he started doing these murders so like yeah this was like so his first maybe he like remembered yeah i guess so like thing. this is my thing i guess oh, wow okay um so that person had unfortunately never been caught and that car was later found to have been stolen and had been impounded um so keep that in mind because mm-hmm. this will come back later in the story as that. most things do <laughs> <laughs> Um, so at this point, more and more is just starting to connect, but annoyingly, all the evidence was being found in various counties, and that means different police forces are handling each case, which means they're really not working together at this point. Which is really um, fucked. <laughs> this actually happens a lot, so those um, dots just are not connecting the way that we think they would, because yeah. the counties normally do not... Work together unless they know that like it's actually it's actually happening and they yeah. have a case and they build it because that is which a lot is so for them frustrating. To... Oh yeah, I feel like cases like, uh, would be solved so much faster, so much quicker. Like this could have been done had they just worked together. Worked together. Yeah, they noticed. Yeah, 
Definitely. I guess it comes down to that, too, but... Um, so the murder spree just starts to become a competition at this point. Um, their police squads are being too stubborn to put their egos aside to catch this murderer, and they'd rather work independently rather than as a collective unit, it seems. Yeah. Now this case starts to literally get a little too close to home for LAPD County Sheriff Linda Arthur. According to the docuseries Night Stalker to Hunt for a Serial Killer... On July 7th, 1985, Linda Arthur had been hot-tubbing with friends at her house when they had prepared for bed. Soon after, one of Linda's friends frantically goes up to Linda and says, Hey, there's someone calling your name outside from the backyard. They keep yelling for Miss Arthur. So Linda, being a little frightened, heads to her backyard and looks over to the next house to see that it's her neighbor yelling for her. She tells her, quote, my house has been broken into. He raped me and cuffed me to the bed. Please help, end quote. Oh, my God. That's frightening. That is very scary. Oh, imagine. Oh, your neighbor. That is very, I can imagine, very, like, very scary. first of all, like, the thought of, <clears throat> the thought of, like, your friends, like, someone's out there calling for you. Like, who the hell is calling for me? Yeah, I'd be like, why? In the middle of the night. Like, it's late. So, like, oh, Oh, that gives me chills just thinking about I'm like stalker strikes. Yeah, and this is a well, this is a, 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 a LA LAPD sheriff. LAPD sheriff. So the fact, oh, like that has to be terrifying just to think about already. Oh, yeah, as like a right officer. in her backyard, in like her, literally in her backyard. Strike, he stroke strikes right strike, in her yeah. backyard. Yeah, not the stroke. <laughs> um, <laughs> the neighbor described the intruder as a tall Hispanic male with black hair in his early 20s. Chilling enough, one of Linda's friends had said she swore she felt eyes on the girls while hot-tubbing but shrugged it off as being one of the neighbors or her eyes playing tricks on her from all the steam the hot tub had produced. Hell Follow your intuition, people. Follow your gut. Follow your intuition. Like, literally, when you feel eyes on you, eyes are on you. (laughs) Oh, that gives me chills. Like, uh, sitting in a hot tub and you're like... That's like a vulnerable. I feel something. Yeah, like, and that's like a vul- a vulnerable state too, because you're yeah. in a swimsuit. You're like in a very you're probably drinking too. I would think in your own home, your own yeah. backyard. You feel safe, but you're not safe. Just to think, it could have been like I don't know. Like I don't know if you got worried that there are too many of them, or I don't know. It's like probably too many. Too many of them, but like probably to think that. A, a serial killer was staring at you in the hot tub. Yeah, and then, then goes for your neighbor instead. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, So all of that happened roughly between 2.30 a.m. to 3 a.m. And then that same day, later in the morning, one mile away in Monterey Park, 60-year-old beloved grandmother, Joyce Nelson, who had been relaxing peacefully in her home, had been ambushed by an intruder. He works fast. He works very quickly. Yeah, fuck. He had beat bounded her arms, and stomped on the side of her head so hard that he left a footprint on the side of her head. Holy fucking shit. Shit. You know how much force he would need to fucking... Holy shit! Yes! Like, that's a lot of fucking force he would need to stomp on someone's head and leave a print? That man had his stomp it. What were they? Some fucking tennis shoes? Yeah, they were tennis shoes. Oh my god. Yeah, oh, they're Avias. Avias. They're Avias shoes. I don't yeah. even know what Avias are. I don't think they're huge. I don't think they're made anymore. Probably not. 
They're like really. They're, they're a small company. I feel like they're probably like European. Oh, okay. Yeah, something Big like in that. different countries. Yeah. Let us Damn. know if uh, all of our European. Yeah, if you guys know, let us know. Let us know if them bitches are like oh. stopping boots. Because what the hell? Oh my god. Um. Anyway, back to the very graphic. Yes. <laughs> okay. Joyce Nelson definitely put up a fight. The autopsy had shown that she had torn her nails off, clawing her intruder. Oh wow, yeah. So she Ooh, she was fighting. She was the strong she was a strong one. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, um, that's so sad. But of course, this break in did not satisfy Ramirez's sexual needs. So this monster walks down the street into the home of Sophie Dickman, where he had forced his way in and just rapes her. Ugh. Goes into her house. Rapes her. At this point, more and more news stations were catching up on the commonality between the murders. Mm-hmm. So they're um, kind of seeing those patterns. They're, yeah. they're noticing these things or adding it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and the police are really trying to keep everything they know close to the chest. So the killer does not suspect which murders they've connected together and kind of what information they which have. Which is smart. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess that's really annoying because I guess if you think about it, you always see this shit on the news. And, like, I feel like I always want more information. Yeah. Especially, like, with a lot of these cases. They're normally pretty smart, though, for keeping it close. But they're, yeah. Because yeah. I was going to say, they it, it takes one minute to break an investigation. Because, obviously, especially today, like, we all have TVs. We all yeah. have the news and at our fingertips. Keep, yeah, and we're keeping up with that, especially for something like this. Like, we're keeping up with Yeah, that. we're going to keep up with it. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But, obviously, the press is still very hungry to get their stories out there. And they do. You know, somehow, some way, the press be wild and they be wild. <laughs> they be wild and they get their info. They did. They, they, yeah, they, they really do. Info. They really do. Um. So at this point, the police station begins to get flooded with calls from alleged witnesses. Um. At least two hundred calls and tips are coming in in one day, and the stations actually follow up on every single lead they get. Some actually are solid leads, but most are complete trolls and frauds, such as wives claiming it's their husband and prank calls. Ugh. Okay. Uh-huh. I can don't imagine. Don't waste police time. That wastes a lot of time. You know. Don't waste their time. I don't especially know. if they're following up on every single lead. I was going to say. That's a lot of money they're putting into investigation. Oh, easy. Time, and so they're money, losing that. Energy. Oh. Everything. God. Oh, we saw that with the Halloween party murder, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Where people. Oh Just my God, there's so many. Phone calls. Why? why? And I'm pretty sure that's illegal, bitches. Like, it don't is. fucking. And also, why? Why? Like, you're literally messing with people's lives. I can't Real even... life. Oh my God. Ugh. Anyway. Mm. Man, Mm-mm-mm. I will never. I will never get it. I'll never get it either. <laughs> um. We are going to give the LAPD a little bit of credit because they were working overtime to catch this guy and true. they are losing lots of time before that killer strikes again. True. I would be Ramirez, terrified as yeah. a police officer doing this like case yeah. to think like, oh shit, like our, like their lives are in our hands. Like everyone in Los Angeles right now could be dead in the next morning because of this asshole yeah, that just walks into. Yeah, like fast enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Man. All right, so it's July 9th, 1985. If you can recall, we did speak briefly about that stolen car with a pentagram that was Mm -hmm. found written on the windshield. After connecting the pentagram from the car to the pentagram at the grisly murder scene of the two sisters, Mabel Bell and Florence Lang, investigators finally request to inspect the car at the pound where it had been kept for further evidence. 
Um, unfortunately, the inspectors got to the vehicle a little too late. I mean, obviously, it's yeah. what, like, Oh, it's months been later. months later, yeah. Obviously, it was too late to collect all those prints because they were all destroyed while the car had been sitting in the 100-degree weather with the sun beating down on it for months. Yeah, like I could imagine. It had been months, like, yeah. obviously, the sun, the wind, the rain. It's going to mess it up. Everything. All that. Yeah, um, all the fingerprints. and. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Although what investigators did find was a business card on the passenger side of the car floor. The business card was for a dental office in Chinatown with an address, phone number, and the dentist's name, Dr. Peter Lang. Hmm. Finally, the LAPD and the investigators, they finally might have their best lead yet at this point. Oh, shit. They were grasping yeah. at straws. They were had good evidence, but nothing to back it up. Yeah. Nothing to fully connect it to a person yet, but we're finally getting somewhere at this point. Um, without any delay, investigator um, Detective Frank Salerno and Gil Carrillo yeah, find this right. dentist to interview and find out that the suspect had just been in their office several days prior. Oh, fuck. So had they found this business card sooner, they may have been able to catch him. In addition, the name that the patient used, being Richard Mina, and their address on file had both been fake. Uh, <laughs> this guy is clever in that way, that's tell you. He's not very smart in some ways. He's not he's very smart, smart in a lot of ways, but he's ways. smart about covering up his tracks yeah, his in, that, in that name stuff. in that name sense. Yep. It's crazy how, like, this fucker... Is so dumb that he can't fucking remember to clean up his shoe marks or whatever he has laid behind. But he's so good about covering up his name. What they did get was an x-ray of the suspect's teeth and Detective Carrillo hands it over to one of his friends that happens to be a dentist. And his dentist friend tells him, quote, hey, I think we are close to cracking this case. We have found these x-rays we think belong to this unknown killer. What can you tell me about it? End quote. Mm-hmm. So the dentist looks at these x-rays and says, quote, I can tell he's going to be back. He's got an impacted tooth that is going to be killing him soon if it's not already. He'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. End quote. The two investigators then figure out a plan to catch their target. In doing so, they place two undercover cops to come in and wait for Richard to arrive for that next dental appointment. Because obviously that tooth killing his dumb yeah, ass. Killing his dumb ass. <laughs> fucking bitch <laughs> once again remember at the beginning we said he had some fucked up teeth he has some fucked up he teeth. really does again we'll see him pictures and again you can look it up on our instagram at wtgld <laughs> i try to say it quickly at wtlgo podcast check out those teeth <laughs> yeah they wouldn't die now <laughs> um the undercover cops come in every day for the next week hoping and praying that this guy will come in so they can corner him um but of course he never comes in <laughs> Fuck. so Damn. nothing comes of that um the investigators are just like all right well maybe we're wasting our time having our guys go in wait for hours every day so let's just pull our guys out replace them with a silent alarm that'll alert us as soon as the dentist sees them lower yeah. five Okay. So, dentist sees them arrive, hits that alarm, notifies the cops. Easy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you thought. <laughs> <laughs> July 15th. Okay. Okay, guys? Yeah. Same day, they pull the undercover cops out, install the alarm system. Richard Ramirez comes in for his appointment. Cops had just missed him. Oh, my God. Not only 
did they pull out their cops and miss physically being there. When the dentist actually did hit the alarm multiple times, might I add, the alarm completely malfunctioned, so the cops never notified. Oh my god. Never I would notified. Be so fucking mad. Well, first of all, I'd be mad as a cop for this fucking contraption not working the right way. Fuck. Yeah, and literally. Then your guy is right there. And it's and yeah, it's and like the same day that you pulled uh, out your cops. The same like, day. The same fucking day. Oh god, that that really bites. So once again, back to square one. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so we're at five days later, July twentieth, nineteen eighty-five. Murders still continuing. Oh, um, we're at Glendale, California now. On to our next victim, Judith Needing Arnold had pulled up to her elderly parents' house with her daughter after trying to reach them via phone all day. Her parents were Max and Linda Needing. 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 I think it's Needing. Needing. When she walked up to the home, she immediately knew something was off because her parents' gate to their backyard pool had been open. And she knew they were very, very particular about keeping that gate closed. Fair. The side door to the home was also wide open. When she, once she entered the home, Judith lets out a blood-curdling scream because she had just found her parents sprawled out on their bed. The entire room had been ransacked and covered in blood. Apparently, both of her parents had been killed from gunshot wounds and knife wounds to their upper torsos. Um, specifically Max, her father, had nearly been decapitated. Mm. Just imagine having to explain why your child can't go in their grandparents' house. Oh, that's so sad. Just thinking about having your, like, daughter with you and she hears her scream. And I can only think about that because, like, growing up, my mom was always, like, really always worried about, you know, ever crying or screaming or doing anything around, like, us and my brother, because, like, she was always, like, I don't want that. I don't want my kids to see me in that, you know, state. Yeah. I can only imagine seeing your mom terrified in that sense and just walking into that. Oh, my God. And your parents, like, oh, my God. This this guy, this guy is just going off. It's terrible. It's going off on the the rocks. Just, wow. A second murder occurs that same day on July 20th. Um, You can tell by the evidence um, that it was the same person just miles away in Sun Valley. The same person committing the crime just miles away in Sun Valley. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously how did investigators know it was the same person? Um, Because there was a perfect imprint of a a Via shoe at the scene of the crime. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, it's always a shoe. I, t- I told you guys. I told Via. you. I told you on part one that he Sponsored always had. Sponsored by a Via. Spawn literally. <laughs> wow, watch a Via come for us. No, please don't. We we uh, we didn't make this up. The season is this literally. <laughs> Listen, this is just information we found on the internet. This is what we found. This we is our research. We are not sponsored by a Via. Live, laugh, love. We love you. Avia. Our cited sources are on this. You got in stomping boots notes. for days. <laughs> literally. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's awful. Okay. No, literally. Oh, my God. Um, so, the victim of this senseless crime was 32-year-old Chainarong Covenant. Covenant. Chainarong Covenant. You're right. We're going to go with that. I'm definitely Shane, wrong. It's, yeah, you're right. Chainarong Covenant. That sounds better. Yeah. Okay. They were immediately shot in the temple at... 
point blank range. Wow. Wow. Once Ramirez had shot and killed that victim, he walks down the hall to his terrified wife and six-year-old son and violently sexually assaults them both. Um, fortunately, they did both live, um, but unfortunately, they will live with that for the rest of their lives. I'm like the kid, like... Why the kid? Why? Why the fuck? Leave the fucking kid out of it. Uh, don't, like, don't I mean, touch... leave everybody out of yeah, it. Yeah, don't like... touch anybody, but like a, like a child. Like, the kid, six years old. Uh... Six-year-old little boy. And like, in the, in this, in the, and again, again, I don't know, really know how to frame this the right way, but like... He's leaving these people alive, and I feel like that's just as bad as killing them. Like, you're <laughs> killing their souls when you do shit like this. I mean, they're just gonna live. Like, they have to live with this in fear. Trauma. I can only imagine what trauma that would leave you, you with. Gods. Ugh. Some strong Sorry, people. Sorry. Go tell you on. That. Oh my god. Um. All right. So we're into the new month of August 6, nineteen eighty-five. Um. Specifically, the night in Northridge, California. Ramirez casually stumbles upon the home of Chris and Virginia Peterson. He walks in, goes into their bedroom, takes out his pistol, and shoots Virginia on the left side of her nostril. Mm. Then, as Chris Peterson sits up in the bed, after he hears that, he is shot in the right side of his head. Oh, my God. So Oh, close. yeah, 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 yeah. So oh, my God. So close and confident. Like, point-blank range, just... Yeah, and he probably thinks we're good. Okay, yeah. Amazingly enough, Chris still managed to chase the intruder out of his house. I mean, he had been shot in the head, and Ramirez was still holding the gun, and... Chris just chases him, chases, oh chases him out of the house. Imagine getting shot in the face and still being... <laughs> Wait, this isn't funny. I'm so sorry this isn't funny. But Ramirez is getting chased out and calls him a bitch. Yes, he does. Runs out. <laughs> Why is Chris the bitch? Ramirez is the bitch. Chris is not the bitch. This man. So I can only imagine fucking Richard Ramirez's scrawny, stupid ass, like, running, being like, bitch. Like, Literally. Like, fuck Oh, my you. God. Fuck you, bitch. Wait. Okay, wait. Think. Okay, let's rewind for Chris. a minute. Hold on. So, if I was Chris, I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck you, bitch. You shoot a guy in the face. This man still gets up and chases you while his oh. head... Um, more specifically, right side of his head. The right side of his head, he gets shot, and he still chases you. And you're calling him a bitch? And you call him a bitch? Uh-uh. No, you a pussy bitch you for a shooting p- him in the first place, Richard <laughs> Okay, like, what? Oh my god, no, okay. I can't, I can't. No, Ramirez, no. Oh my that god, is- this guy gets shot in the, how? How do you have the energy to even get up? After getting shot it's in the face. fucking adrenaline, dude. That adrenaline is something. That adrenaline is no oh, joke. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, so after this incident, police get the closest accurate composite sketch that they have gotten thus far. Good. Um, the Northridge police immediately release that to the public. So his face, what the fuck just happened? Oh, why did it just go all the way up to the top? Anyway... Um, police immediately released it to the public, and his face is now out there. Good. As it fucking should be. everybody to see. Um, 
And this is when all the stores all over Southern California really start getting an increase in gun sales, locks, weapons, everything. Everyone is... Because everyone is terrified. I would be too. Okay, frame it for a minute. Okay, guys, POV. You're in Southern California in the 80s. You're like living your best life. And then you're like drinking like Mai Tais. By Mai Tais the pool. by the pool. You're like sunny California. You're like you're listening. Going to the beach yeah, on the you're listening to the Eagles. You're listening to Hotel California. Oh, you're like, Welcome to, to Hotel, Hotel California. California. Anytime. Oh, I forgot okay. the word. <laughs> and then you hear on the news that people all over California, not even the one place. Are just turning up all dead. All over California, all ages, all, all genders, ages, all genders, kids included. And it's, it's like the same person. He's getting crafty enough to break in where people aren't hearing him, and leaving some alive too. Well, yeah, leaving some alive. Like how like can he sleep? At this point, like at the fir- his first murder was like not knowingly. Yeah. Or one of his first. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. Not knowingly. But now he's knowingly leaving people alive. Or at least allegedly what we know. He's yeah. knowingly leaving people alive at this point. In the worst way. In the yeah, worst like in the way. worst way. Barely alive. Oh my god. Um, and obviously he's like literally just on a rampage to harm and kill anyone whose yeah. home he can break into. Yeah. Whoever left their door open, whoever left that window unlocked. Uh. Like he is on it. I just want to go back in time and be like, like everyone lock your doors. Couch. Like, please. Yeah, literally. Time machine back. I just feel like, please. Everybody lock your doors. Everyone lock your doors. Please. God. He is on that shit. Like, butter on toast. Like, oh my someone God. Someone accidentally forgot to lock their window that night. Like, he's on it. Like, he knows. He's on it. His spidey senses tingling. Tingling. Fucking dick. Yeah, uh. no kidding. Um, so, like, at this point, um, the media outlets in California, they start to give him a name. So now he's finally mm-hmm. got his serial this is killer when it comes around. nickname. Um, first, they call this killer the walk-in killer. I hate that. Walk-in freezer, walk-in closet, the walk-in <laughs> what killer. Don't like that Walk-in freezer. <laughs> then closet. the valley intruder. We're getting better. I the valley intruder. It's the a lot valley. like the hillside strangler. That gives yeah. a lot. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, the Herald Examiner deems the murderer that seems to fancy murdering late at night the Night Stalker. Okay. Which I think is more fitting. It's it's definitely fitting. The Walking Killer, terrible. The Valley Intruder, like I could see that. That makes sense. California, the Valley, and he is an intruder. He's he is an intruder. I almost okay. Like I, I'm for giving a murderer the alias because people know who he is right like like they oh yeah but it gives the, them that fucking confidence but it gives them that confidence i was just gonna say that like mm-hmm. i was just gonna say that you took the words right out of my mouth That's it, snitch. yeah like it, it's just like i don't like the fact that people that choose to murder get these aliases and then they get confident and they're like oh fuck like i'm like, like i'm alias. some kind of like like, villain yeah like they, yeah. they think they're some kind of like disney villain like no yeah. bitch like no. you're killing actual people that yeah. are living like fuck you oh fuck off and burn in hell Ugh. um all right so moving on to his next <laughs> victim oh Lord. there's more um 35 year old ellis abawath 
mm-hmm. who had been shot in the temple with a 32 caliber handgun. Um, if you guys notice, it's not a typo. It's not a mess up. He did change his weapon. Yeah, it from seems a 22 like he... to a 32. His surviving wife, who, like many other innocent victims, had been devastatingly sexually assaulted too. Mm. So husband shot, wife sexually assaulted. Seems like an ongoing thing pretty, with him yep. if he can find it. Within the recent murders, within like the recent ones, standard. yeah. Yep. Wow. When the wife did try escaping his grasp, Ramirez did shout at her, "Quote, don't look at me, don't look at me." End quote. Um, so exclaiming, yeah, don't look like, at me. Okay. Um, Elias responded, quote, I swear to God, I won't, end quote. And he says, quote, don't swear to God, swear to Satan, end quote. Oof. I'd Fuck be like, swear off. to Satan, swear to Satan, don't kill me. Swear yeah. Satan, okay, wait, but wait, I guess if you think about it, does that even make sense? Because like. I guess you, because I was always told, and I'm, I'm just like, coming from like my little Christian background, I was always told, don't swear to God. So like, wait, wouldn't you want to swear to God if you're a Satanist? I don't know. I don't know. Period. You kind of right. Right? Like, okay, you catch on to my... Right. I get you like, drift. I get you drift. Make it make sense, Richard. Make it make, make it sense. Make sense. Like, okay. She's like, I swear to God. I swear to God. I swear to God. And he's like, don't swear to God. I swear to Satan. He thought he was like, He thought game. he was being cute. He thought cute. he was big game. He's like, you know oh, what? Fuck this bitch up. <laughs> Fuck this bitch up, cause no. Uh, okay, so at this point, Ramirez decides to move his madness to San Francisco on Eucalyptus Avenue to yet again break into the home of Mr. and Mrs. Pan. But He's... eucalyptus, like that sounds so peaceful. Like I love a little eucalyptus. Eucalyptus. Ad. That sounds. I live on eucalyptus. That Ave. sounds like nothing bad would happen, but uh yeah we're in for it he must have fucking marked this on a pen and been like this is where i need to go fuck shut up listen to this he shoots mr pan and then once again proceeds to sexually assault his wife and this time shoots a bullet into her head oh just like the unfortunate murder and attempted murder of the two sisters from Mm -hmm. july 15th or whenever yeah 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 um the older like uh, the two sisters older sisters he had the nerve to eat the food out of their refrigerator and um but this time this time he regurgitates it back up and then masturbates onto their living room carpet yeah that's that's bad that's what is the point of regurgitating it back Oh, I'm at a loss for words. Uh, yeah, okay, moving on. <laughs> wow. Um, the entire time, Miss um, Pan, who had been shot in the head, had been holding on to dear life. Oh, thank God. So, okay. luckily is transported to the hospital barely breathing. And once again, Ramirez leaves a pentagram carved onto the door with words beside it saying, Jack the Ripper. Fuck off. See, that's that thing again. Oh, the where you like, oh, I can be like this killer. I feel like he like almost, but then again, I feel like he almost forgets what his signature is because it's like sometimes he'll do this, sometimes he'll do this, sometimes yeah. he'll do this. The, that's the, the thing. Food, He's so everywhere. The killing the wife, just sexually assaulting the wife, letting her live. Um, drawing the pentagram like it just seems it's a like game it's, it's a game for him kind of like going back and forth yeah like every other murder it's like 
something different but the same. That's exactly what it sounds like. Oh wow. Okay. This man. Ah. Uh. Um. All right. <laughs> Moving up. <laughs> that I'm was gnarly, that guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> Keep saying that, but moving on to the next one. Um, it was a sunny California afternoon, and the paper boy is delivering his daily newspaper when he spots a 1976 orange Toyota station wagon slowly creeping throughout his neighborhood. Or, sorry, the neighborhood mm-hmm. that he was in. At first, he's thinking nothing of it. Maybe the Toyota is looking for an address. Maybe he's looking for a person. Yeah, understandable. Um, but then, as the man passes by, he looks directly at the paperboy with piercing eyes behind his dark, black, curly hair. Oh, that's frightening. Immediately. All I can think of is, like, the picture that I can't get out of my head of Richard Ramirez. And again, when you look at him... It, you see, like, pure nothing. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like there's nothing evil. there. There's nothing there. There's no soul. Uh, it's pure evil. Ugh. Um, so, immediately, luckily, this kid, he's reminded of those composite sketches that he had seen in the news, mm-hmm. and he warns police immediately. Yeah. Calls them, whatever. Lets them know. Um, he gives them the license plate, the make and model of the car... And it is given to the press, and almost instantly, a man calls the police, recognizing it to look a lot like the car his friend got stolen weeks prior in Chinatown. Mm. Um, I wonder if he did that Smart. after the gas tank cleaned. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, he seems to be going to Chinatown a, a lot. lot. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. That was really interesting, actually. Um... The car had later been found abandoned in a lot where police finally, finally got a fingerprint. Oh my god, well it took about a fucking year. So at this point we have footprints at some of the scenes, a composite sketch of what he looks like, a teeth x-ray from the dentist, and now the fingerprint from the stolen car. So we got a good amount of evidence evidence to pack this in with a pretty bow. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> True. Um, so, like Kendall just said, investigators have everything they need to tie this all into the one killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the killer is a murderer. He's tied to all of these break-ins. And it's not different people. It's one no, guy. No, it's one guy. Mm-hmm. And they just need to catch this one guy. Um, crazy enough, a little spoiler, the police were actually not the ones to catch him. You know what? I can be surprised. Stay with us, though. <laughs> Stay with us, though. Because, oof. Uh, we, I think we both know what happens at this end, and it's fucking crazy. I and don't think you guys are going to guess. I don't think Unless guys, you know. Unless you know. Don't look it up. Fuck. Don't don't look it up. But, like... Put the, put the phone put down. Put it down. Put the Google down. What happens at the end of this is fucking insane. Literally, hold on to your hats. Hold, hold on, on to, to your, your underwear. Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your avias. <laughs> avias? Ah! Seriously, though. Oh, shit. Okay. Grab your blankie. Grab I'm into your cat. it. I'm, like, terrified right now. I'm, like, afraid to go home. Like, damn. Like, this world is crazy, but keep going. I'm sorry. Okay. No apologies. <laughs> One day, out of the blue random, LAPD receives a call from a woman that says her father frequently hangs out around the Gray House 
Oh, that's okay. Bitch! <laughs> it's like... One day, out of the blue random, LAPD receives a call from a woman that says her father frequently hangs out around the Greyhound station in downtown. Um, in LA, there is a little strip, a street that is mm-hmm. called Skid Row. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that, if you listen yeah. to our earlier episodes. Cough, cough. Um... <laughs> Uh, at this point in LA on Skid Row, officers later found out that he had been staying at the Hotel Cecil. Ding, ding, ding. Obviously, if you've been listening and following to our podcast, you know why we did this. Yeah. It ties right into that hotel. Oh Cecil. my gosh. See how that comes full circle? Wow. That's yeah. crazy. The Cecil Hotel, guys. Gotta give it to them. It's fucking hotel, man. It's because it's in fucking Skid Row. It makes sense. It does. <laughs> um, it really does. <laughs> So, the the woman who called LAPD, she says, My father has befriended a strange guy. He goes by the name Rick. And my father believes that he matches those composite sketches that are in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, when they interview that lady's father, the father casually mentions, Yeah, I know Rick. He is, he's your guy. He told me he committed a murder in Monterey Park and used a twenty two semi-automatic pistol to do it. I wonder when. Fuck. Like, why are they confessing now? Like, when did he tell him this? Like, I hope it was, like... Like, I hope when he learned that information and told his daughter, like, I hope they called immediately. How casual. Like, oh, yeah, that's He's your like, guy. Yeah, that's your guy. Yeah, that's like, him. why didn't He casually you... told me one day that he just killed these like, this couple. Why didn't you tell me that? Like, yeah. literally... What made you hold this for me? Is that not illegal? Withholding information? Yeah. I think it might be, but also at the same time, like, I feel like... But I get... Yeah, it's a slippery slope. I feel like it's probably certain, like, elements or something. Yeah. That would make that work. I don't know. Um, I feel like there's a lot of, like, loopholes. Loopholes. That would make sense. Yeah. I don't really know. So, I mean, obviously, the investigators do exactly what me and Kendall just did. They glance at one another in an oh shit look. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> this information was kept from the press. Yeah, they do. They wouldn't have known that. Yep. So no, exactly like you just said, no one would have known that um, unless they were the killer or had come in contact with the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just so happens that around the same time up in San Fran, a police informant recovers a diamond bracelet that was given to his wife's mother in San Pablo um, that he believes was stolen, also in California. Upon some some investigation, the San Francisco inspector, Frank Falzone, goes and interviews the wife's mother, and she says, yeah, my boyfriend gave that um, bracelet to me. His name is Armando Rodriguez. She says Armando had given her the bracelet from her friend Rick... And if they're looking for him, Rick wears a black ACDC hat and a black members-only jacket and has bad teeth. Uh, who do we know that has all of those qualities? Tea. <laughs> if I was that girl, I'd be so freaked out. After tracking down the Armando Rodriguez guy in El Sabrante, California, Inspector Failzone finds that Armando knows who this Rick guy is, but will not tell him who he is. Hmm. So Felzone kind of smacks the sky a little, gives him some like <laughs> give him a little good cop, bad little. cop, a little smack around. <laughs> I'm gonna do wrap around. <laughs> yes. 
Wait, wait. Tell them. Do they know about that TikTok? Yeah, I don't really know like the literal preface of it, but they just always take a drink and they're like, "I'm gonna do a little wrap around, wrap around." <laughs> exactly what you're talking and about. And that's like literally us right now with like coffee. Like we're like we're gonna do a little wrap around, a little wrap around, so we can get this episode out to you guys. Uh, seriously though. Um, um, so he's, he's doing his routine. He's smacking him around a little mm-hmm. figuratively, not literally. Um, or maybe literally, we don't really know. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he was, honestly, I if I was it. this close to cracking the case, oh, yeah, I'd, be I'd, like, be I'd be fucking I'd be using this man. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I would too. Um, uh, he also at this point is threatening his freedom too. And after 20 minutes, okay. he says, okay, okay, Richard Ramirez. His name is Richard Ramirez. Fucking Armando, what the hell? Armando, why are you even friends with him? Like, why are you? Why would you be friends with him first like, of all if you're gonna rat him out? But also, but also like, good no, that you like, rat him why out. Why are you friends with him for, in the first place if he's literally a serial killer? And also, why are you protecting him? I wonder if Armando was like one of those. He know. I don't know a lot about like California personally, but I know there's some sketchy areas and i know that i mean we have listeners if you guys know let us know but um i don't know maybe armando was probably like uh some he's probably sketchy already he had to be he had to have been sketchy because you're hanging out with also the girl's father though like if you're hanging around this guy and you're because she said that i uh, like he hung out around like he hung around skid row a lot so her father had to be sketchy too. I guess. I guess as a cop, you can't really, you know, obviously do much about somebody who's sketchy. But you can't yeah. get something out of them if you yeah. try. That's scary as a cop. I couldn't imagine being a cop. No, I couldn't either. Oh my god, stuff's crazy. Um. So Richard Ramirez was obviously already in the system with that criminal record. Yeah. He already had of petty crimes. So it did not take long for the investigators to take that fingerprint from the stolen Toyota and find the match mm-hmm. for it. Um, obviously leading back to Richard Ramirez. So they have a name and they have a mugshot to match. Hallelujah. Holla fucking Lula. Uh, Lula. Lula. <laughs> Holla fucking Lula. Lula. It's late, y'all. <laughs> God. Uh, 118 to be specific. Um, <laughs> it is. They're fighting again. <laughs> <laughs> the kitties are fighting. Um, all right. So we are in August. It is the morning of August 31st, 1985. Richard Ramirez had been returning to L.A. from visiting his brother in Arizona and returned via Greyhound to downtown Los Angeles. Um, I really wonder if he did anything in Arizona that never got found out. You know what? Can we ask that question? <sighs> I'm going to bring it up at the end okay. for a brief moment, but okay, I'll let you finish. Okay. We're almost done. <laughs> we're almost there. Okay. The police were finally ready this time. Every camera in and around the Greyhound facility is being operated by the police. They've placed undercover cops in the station to pose as the homeless, and they wait for him to come through that entrance of the building. But as soon as he walks through the station, he recognizes the undercover cops. Because although the cops had been dressed in dingy clothing, um, trying to play that part of the homeless, Mm -hmm. they were still too clean and shaven and manicured to pass off as actually being homeless. Um, So Ramirez, uh, with that sketchy feeling, he turns 
back around and heads out of a back exit. Again, it's weird because he's so... It's like... I'm not going to call him smart because he's not fucking smart. I'm not going to... He has intuition, though. He has a good intuition. And, I mean, even to, like, look around and, like, be like, oh, that guy has a nice cut hair. He is not homeless. That's really... That must be a cop. Like... But it's also probably a paranoia. Yeah, I could see that. he just so happened to be right. Uh, Yeah. And I guess if we're thinking about it, he doesn't know that the police are on to him. They're... They're there. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I think they're undercover. Maybe not for me, but I know they're here. Yeah. He knows what he did. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Fucking bitch. So after he slips out... So after he slips out that back exit, he does walk down the street and he runs into a liquor store. Um, As he does that, he looks down and he sees his face on the front page of a newspaper. Now, keep in mind, Ramirez had no idea that the police had actually figured out who he was while he had been away. So he begins to panic as the newspaper reads a title that states stalker suspect named. Mm. So at this point, what does he do? What else can he do? (laughs) He quickly darts out of the store onto a public city bus, and just when he thinks he is in the clear, one of the passengers on this bus looks up at the man sitting directly across from him, looks down at the newspaper, and back up at Ramirez, wide-eyed in complete shock. So... Oh, imagine seeing the serial killer you know is loose. Like, right fucking in front of you. Looking up casually as you're... With the newspaper in your hand? On your your way to work, you're on your way home. You fucking see a serial killer standing right in front of you. Like, holy shit. I'd be like, I don't... I am not okay. Sorry, I'm gonna take an Uber. I don't even... Like, obviously, like, I know what to do, but I'd be like... What do I do? Yeah. What do I do? I don't know. I'd like, probably I probably be in shock. Get killed. Like I would be in shock myself. Oh, easy. Um, but luckily, this passenger, although he is in shock, or although they are in shock, mm-hmm. they pull the emergency stop cord. Mm-hmm. Um, they get off and they go to the nearest phone. Obviously, once again, we're still in the eighties. They don't have those cellular Walker, devices yeah. those iPhones those big dinosaurs yeah, they let me not say dinosaurs. that we're gonna get our are we gonna get our like millennial and gen no, was it gen y gen y no um baby boomers no it's baby boomers gen y I think it's gen, gen y gen not gen x gen x no we're gen x we're Gen Z. Oh, we're Gen Z. I think oh, it's G- Gen X. I think it might be yeah. X. Yeah, Gen X. Oh, yeah, we're going to get our Gen X. We're going to get our millennials. Don't, like, don't, don't talk about us. the big cell phones. <laughs> no, y'all have some dinosaurs. <laughs> um, so, obviously, they don't have their iPhones on them. Um, so, they have to Yeah, they have payphone. to go outside and yep. use a payphone. Makes sense. So, this encounter really had other people that were riding the bus very weirded out, obviously. Yeah, they're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, they're like, why the fuck did this man just, like, freak the fuck out, run off the bus, and make a phone call? Like, what the fuck's going on? So, they're all looking around at this point, and they start noticing the man sitting at the back of the bus. They're all pointing and saying, that's him. Oh, my God. So he jumps off the bus and begins to sprint down the street into ongoing traffic, which only causes more attention. Fuck he think he is. Like a superhero? <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with this man. He's on fucking drugs. Obviously, he yeah, has literally. to be. 
And the fact that you think you're bold enough and you're, I don't know if you think he's God or what, but he, he, thinks, he's Satan. he thinks he's Satan's helper, Satan himself. I don't know what the fuck he thinks he is, but dude. Running into ongoing traffic, not, 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 not. Spider-Man or something. <laughs> Literally, like, this isn't, you would think this is a movie. This actually happened, you guys. Like, what the, what yeah, the like actual shit. Yeah. Also, if you can hear me, I'm adjusting my legs and my feet. That is not oh, yeah. part. <laughs> I swear. I didn't even hear that. <laughs> um. So, obviously, that's drawing more attention to him. Um, and the police do eventually catch up to him via car and helicopter as he is running through streets attempting to ditch them. How the fuck do you think he's going to outrun a helicopter? Anyway. <laughs> At this point, he attempts to hijack a woman's car, and a man seeing this altercation whacks him in the back of the head with a metal pole. Hell yeah. A period. Where the fuck do you get a metal pole from? <laughs> He keeps that motherfucker saying, ah, <laughs> He's like, oh, hell no. Oh, um, I'm screaming. Um, obviously, many people just saw this. A man whacking another man in the head with a pole. Um, so after they see this happen, less than four minutes, an entire mob begins to form and yes. chase down the street on some vigilante shit. That's crazy. Um, they eventually begin to beat the living shit out of him so badly that his scalp had been bleeding and bruises had covered his body. Oh my god. Had it not been for the police interfering moments later, the mob would have literally killed him. Oh, within yeah, minutes. 100%. Um, Ramirez was even quoted saying, quote, thank God you guys showed up, end quote. Oh, yeah. oh, now he wants to say God. Fuck you. Thanks, Satan, you guys. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Anyway. Piece of rotten, piece of garbage, yeah. dumpster fire. Practice what you preach. Um, <sighs> anyway, I wish that they would have killed him. Actually, no. I wish that he rots in prison and then experiences yeah. prison and then dies. Yeah. 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 And then oh. gets killed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, I yeah. feel like that's better. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I'm glad that the mob. I'm glad they beat the shit I'm out glad of they him. Beat his ass. You know, I did. I did see. I think when I was looking at there's a video of it. I think there's not a video, but I think I have seen the. It was like aftermath of it. I think. Can you see the crowd like around the car? I remember the. I don't know if it was a video or a picture. I remember seeing, but it was one of it. And I think like you saw his head like bandaged up and stuff because he was so fucking good beat up. Oh great! I mean, it's just like a sense of relief, like. Finally, like this guy who has been brutally murdering and just assaulting and hurting people all over. Yeah, he deserves to hurt. Uh, he he gets his. Yeah, and he that, gets his. Uh, no kidding, he gets uh, his own medicine. Uh, he gets his own medicine. Yeah. Um, so once brought into the station, they positively identified him as Richard Ramirez, um, aka the Night Stalker. He had been transported then from the Hollenbeck Sheriff Station, and crowds of people filled the area. I don't blame them. Um, at this point, it's October 24th, 1985, and the trial of Richard Ramirez for the 14 murders is a madhouse and is truly the definition of a media circus at this point. Yeah. Oh, I definitely believe it. I was even alive. I don't, we weren't even alive around this time, that and I'm like... Hell. I, I, we sure know, we know. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, the prosecution aims for the death penalty and the defense is aiming for the insanity plea all while Ramirez is having a fucking ball. He is intrigued by the attention he is getting. Mm -hmm. He laughs whenever his attorney argues with the prosecution and a couple different times he lifts his hands up to the press revealing a pentagram that he had tattooed on his palms and rains out Hail Satan. We definitely have to post that picture. When being escorted out of the room. Mm. What a man. Mm. Like, I mean, obviously he thought of himself as some type of celebrity. And to make it all worse, he ended up receiving fan mail. Um, oh, letters, yeah, I heard about that. Mm-hmm. NSFW photos from groupies. You name it, he received it. Um, yeah. Why are we I, romanticizing killers? I will never know. Why? What is about that? I Again, I think we talked about it before. It would be cool to do a like an episode on... The psycho, like the psychological, like yeah. Why do people do yeah. that? Yeah. During the preliminary hearing, the detectives and prosecutors decided not to include the child molestation charges to avoid traumatizing the kids that had been sexually assaulted any more than they had already experienced. Understandable. So they just focused on the murder charges. Fair. Um, you don't want to put the kids in no. that again. But I do think that he deserved those He charges. deserves the charges. Unfortunately, I think... He deserves all the charges. Yeah. Attached to I'm not a lawyer or anything. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm not a lawyer or anything, but I think you would need to have witnesses there. Oh, yeah, you would. And you would need the kids there if you want them to. But I think it was a good idea that they took them out of it. It's already so true. That makes me want to cry. Like, these children, I am so sorry. Literally babies. So sad. Um, But, I mean, obviously there was a lot in this case. So building the case took another three years before the trial proceeded. And well, Ramirez was held for 43 crimes and 13 murders. Yeah. Good. That's insane. I feel like it's still not even all of them. Um, police had taken around 140 witness statements. And one of which was our girl, Maria Hernandez. Hey, Maria. Love you, girl. Love you. Oh, you're the That's my homegirl. <laughs> she is the baddest. Bitty. This girl gets literally gets shot at. Her roommate dies and she comes back. And she's like to the trial. You fucked up and you thought you were gonna kill me. You Are know you what? Sure, you want to do it again? And, and there's a video too. To tri- she goes to the trial. There's a video too. I remember seeing the video. Um, and she is walking boldly down this. Like she is. Confident. She got her heels on. She got, she got her, her heels on. She got her, she got her cutest outfit on. Bitch, and this girl bag. comes through. She yeah. She's in. Let me tell you. Girl. Maria's in her bag. <laughs> she is Miss not letting this Maria. guy get away. She is not letting this As guy get away. She should. Like. I mean to stand up to a serial killer and be like, you thought you shot me, but you didn't. Are you sure you want to shoot me again? Yeah. And then she comes to the fucking trial. And then she comes to the trial and she's like, hey, bitch, she's like the meme of Emma Roberts. Oh, you thought you saw the last of uh, me. American Horror Story, where she like turns around and she's like, you thought you saw the last of me. Literally, it's like that. We love you. Maria's a fucking icon. Stan. Oh my gosh. Beyonce. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Maria Hernandez. It's people like this that need to be celebrities. Like, these people have been through it. Maria needs a platform. I want to hear her story. Oh my god. Um, 
So coming to a close on September 20th, 1989. So like we said, this was mm-hmm. a few years later because it took a while. Um, the verdict did declare Ramirez guilty on all charges. Oh, thank you. As they God. should. Oh, sorry. As they should. As they should. I'm so glad. Thank God. On uh, November 7th, 1989, Richard Ramirez. That's my birthday. Oh my god. I didn't even hear you say that at first. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I didn't even click either. I didn't even click with me. Oh uh, my god. What a treat. Um, Kendall's birthday, <laughs> November 7, 1989. I wasn't born yet, but yeah. <laughs> Richard, yeah, true. Richard Ramirez had been sentenced to death by gas chamber when he was escorted out of the courtroom. He had passed by the reporters and he gave his infamous chilling quote, quote, I'll see you in Disneyland. That is so fucking chilling. Oh, so he's like insinuating that hell is like Disneyland? Is like, that what But it's saying? a good time for him. That's what he's saying. That's like, a good time for him. He's like, hell, Satan, love Satan, love hell. Oh, it's going to be like Disneyland for me. He's like, but he's like, he's like, you guys want me to go to hell, but I'll be happy there. Like, that's what he's yeah, trying to say. Like, I'll see you there. Like, I hate this man. Oh, fuck right off. No, really. And he's no. not even showing like any sign. Like, He's no a little bitch for the first point for calling up someone else a bitch, saying to someone else, "Don't ha- don't you know? Don't swear to Satan. I mean, don't swear to God. Swear to Satan." And then he also got frightened off. I think in part one when I had said how he like, you know, that couple had you know woke up or whatever, yeah. and he got frightened off. So he is clearly a little bitch. Oh, for but sure. then he has the balls to first of all get a, a tattoo of a fucking pentagon on his hand and make jokes about it and then he says shit like that where he's like, oh, yeah, he's like you never i see you in disney now all his victims like oh, he doesn't fuck care off with the fucking narcissism oh my god um and according to find a grave in marin county prison after two decades on death row on june 7th 2013 so I ironic mean, okay obviously like Oh, that was really, like, recent. recent. Obviously not really recent. We're in, like, yeah. 2023. Yeah. Uh, 2020. Yeah, so I had to think, too. So, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. A, uh, he was aged 53. Um, Richard Ramirez was, in fact, pronounced dead from B-cell lymphoma, which is a cancer of the lymphatic system. Lymphatic system. Lymphatic system. Good riddance. Um, so obviously he never made it to the gas chamber, which I think he deserves. He should have lived longer, and I I feel like he still got the easy way out by getting cancer because he got cancer. His victims were killed by him. Like, yeah, like I feel like you should have rotted in jail. Yeah, cancer was like the easy way out. I guess some people, yeah. I guess if I'm thinking about it, I feel like some people would think maybe like. Oh, he should have just died right then and there, like when he first Hell got no. sentenced. But no, him, like right no, in hell. I am all for the death penalty, but let him rot in prison for a let number him experience of experience. Let him, prison yeah. for a few years and then kill him. I agree. Like you are a shit ass person. You deserve to do some time for your shit ass crimes. See, that's always and the conflict. Yeah, I was gonna say that's always the conflict and running thing that. Everyone has different takes on, like, the death penalty. Because yeah. we've talked about it so many oh, times. Yeah. And I always say, like, I'm... F- okay, so I'm... In this case, 
totally for the death penalty. This man, had they not caught him, he would have never stopped. Like, yeah, no. he would have never stopped. Especially because he was so random with it. And it's so random. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful. It's crazy what they can do with, like, like with evidence. Like, it's just crazy how investigators can connect so many things together and then narrow it down to this one person. So, like, when you're talking about how, like, the necklace, like, the informant, ha- like, got that necklace, that's crazy that, like, someone in, like, the investigator in S- San Francisco was like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. I think I know where this is going. Like, I think this could be something. So he... He goes forward with it and like looks into it and everything, and a little bit lo and behold, this man was right. Like it was, it belonged to this uh, to Richard Ramirez after he you now was acting like this fucking alias or whatever. Yeah, and whatever happens. But wow, that's just uh, uh wow. And with <laughs> all of that being said, that is the case of the Night Stalker. Wow. Let's give, I mean, you guys can give her a round of applause. I'm going to give her a round of applause. Brie did amazing, guys. Oh, my God. She's going to be back for more. Don't worry. Oh, my God. You did so good. I'm so proud of you. Uh, he's, I had fun. <laughs> it was good. Wow. That was her first one. That was her first full episode. Woo. We were at well over an hour, so. we No, it's. It's okay. You did amazing. You you really took my pants off on that. That sounded weird. You really took <laughs> your pants off. You you blew my mind. You blew my mind. That's way better. Sorry, yeah. It's late. I can't even think. But on a more serious note, our hearts go out to these victims yes. and their families. Of course, this is. Of course, we were able to. You know, make lighthearted jokes about some of this but well obviously not about the murders or anything no but yeah in between definitely about but our hearts go out to their families i cannot imagine and i cannot imagine the people who survived i cannot imagine you guys are survivors you guys have a story to tell even though it's Terrible. Yeah, are. that's what we're here for. We're fucking survivors. Put your name out there. Yeah. Let everybody know that you're a badass because what the fuck? Especially Mr. Man who. <laughs> no, especially Maria and especially Mr. Man that got called a bitch. Yeah. You are not he a had, bitch. You are not. First of all, I can't see a bitch getting shot in the face and then having yeah, to choose then, her and like, chase the intruder out. I'm so intruder. stuck on that. That's crazy. But like Chris, we, we Chris, Chris for Chris, yeah. But for Maria too, like she mm. is so so strong. She's the final girl. She is the Maria final girl. Maria and Chris and the kids. They're the, the kids. They're the final girls. And wow, yeah. Again, I I'm so happy that we were able to cover this case because. It's a gnarly one. Um, again, our our laughing, our commentary, our comedy on maybe specifically the killer and making fun of the killer is just always a nice. It's a nice relief, but at the end of the day, it's all for the victims. We're here for the victims, and maybe one day if the victim, someone that is connected to this case, might listen to this episode. I hope they know that we covered this in the best way, in the best careful and caring way possible. And 
I hope that they can still gain closure because, wow, it, it's crazy what one person can do. It's crazy that one person can ruin so many lives. Oh, my God. So many families, so many lives. It's eye-opening. And, oh like, my God. and it, just, like, and, like, when I researched, like, going through, like, part one, just, like, having part two, like, you really start to... And I, we don't want to scare anybody purposely. I mean, yeah, we have a true crime podcast. Yes, we do paranormal episodes here and there. But when it comes to the true crime episodes, we are here to tell someone's story. We are here to warn everyone else that people like this exist. I don't want to say that there's going to be another Richard Ramirez. I don't want to assume anything like that. I don't want to put that out there. But I do want to say that there are crazy people out there. And stay alert, stay, stay aware. alert, stay aware, watch over your back, lock your fucking doors, lock your windows, lock your windows. Just because you're in your own backyard doesn't mean that you're inherently safe. Watch yeah. your kids. I still get chills from like the quote that the one friend of the police officer had said where she had felt being watched yeah. in the hot tub. Like yeah. that gave me chills. Yeah, that definitely <laughs> I still had to drive home. Like I am freaked out lock your car doors lock your doors i cannot imagine be safe be vigilant be pay attention pay attention yeah and we thank you guys for sticking with us through the last two episodes of the night stalker aka richard ramirez this uh this was a big case we worked on it for a while now so i hope you guys liked it i hope you guys appreciate it um and again I'm sure you guys understand it took us a minute to get through, you know, the last couple of weeks. It's been a lot for, I think, both of us. Um, but we're back. We're sticking strong. We Kick. hope you guys stick strong, stick through with us. Um, kicking and off the new year right. We're kicking off the new year right. And um, the next episode, we will not give it away yet, but we can tell you it's going to be a spooky episode. Spooky! It's about time we go back to that because we have not covered a spooky episode since oh, I couldn't tell you when. Couldn't it's tell you the last episode. What's so. the last one? Black Eyed? Black Eyed Children? Or the Bridge? No. The Black Eyed Children was one. We did the that cursed was maybe movies. maybe the first. Cursed so. movies, I think, was the last one. The last one. Yeah, damn, that was back in October. That was a while It's ago. January. <laughs> so I think it was. Cur- I don't know. We'd have to go back. We have to go back. We done. Fuck. Episode 19. Grinding. Kendall's been grinding, hey! people. No, seriously. Full credit. Yeah. Kendall's been grinding. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I've had some restless nights of, like, doing the research. I've been bugging, like, Bree, texting her, like, hey, should this is sound good? Does that sound good? I'm and Bree's like... like Kendall, literally, whatever you write is amazing. Like, Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Like, um... Uh, thank he's you. like, do you want to try this new concept? I'm like... Of fucking course. Cool, because yeah, we have some cool things coming up this year, and I'm I'm proud. Um, like I said, we're gonna work a lot harder on getting a TikTok ready. We want to do a lot more for the show. We really think that the ca- the show's yeah, the show is the show's gaining traction, and we're happy about it. We just want to make sure that we're giving as much as we can to it, and making sure that you guys appreciate us and what we do. We love doing it, and we're happy to be here. Um, with that said, please make sure to like, follow. We never say that. Make sure. Oh, we do at, at the end. I just never say it. <laughs> make sure to like us or follow us wherever you're listening to us. Um, we, of course, um, will be posting, as usual, the photos of every case on our Instagram. Our Instagram is at 
WTLGO podcast. You can follow me um, at this is Kendall Hudson. You can look up our Facebooks or Twitters, but we will not use it. So if you guys want to create, you know, some kind of chat yourself, by all means, but also send in and send us your stories um this year at some point in the year we really want to get to doing some listener stories so if you guys have any stories if you guys don't feel like typing it but you've heard someone else's story tell them to come and send it to us um we will link our of course again instagrams emails and all that into the show notes so you can find those in the show notes and until then and until the next episode we will see you next when the light Goes out. Good night. Or good sorry, night. not good night. Uh, you might not listen to this. Yeah, whenever you're listening good to this. Good morning or good night or good afternoon. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>